1: We're learning how to be generous towards others, even those that we don't necessarily like or agree with. It's something Jesus has called us to. Let's learn together, shall we? Next. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard returns us to our look at Luke chapter 10, how to be generous towards others. It's a challenge, especially in this day and age when it's all about self. God calls us to be others-minded. As we begin today's program, Pastor Phil Howard does so with a personal point of application... Through a story that he relates to us that happened to him not all that long ago. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast.
2: I always uh, I tell the story, it's so convicting to me, and, and I was thoroughly chastened, and rebuked for it. But I've told the story that when we were over in the other building, one day there was Donna, Hazel, maybe Virginia. Uh, we may have had some other staff, but one day a, a Latino woman came to the office, spoke broken English, and got through the secretaries, and they finally got her back to me, which I didn't normally see people that I didn't know. They, they bring her in the room, and uh, she's there. And she's pretty emotional. And I, and I said, what's your problem? What, what, what can we do for you? she told the story that she uh, her mother was coming from Central America, going to be with them, she was thrilled went to the store to buy she wanted to put on a, a feast for mama uh, and well at the store somebody stole her purse uh, so she had no money she was brother destitute she comes in, she's crying all I wanted to do is treat my mom to a great feast I just wanted to Be good to my mother. And telling her, and I felt like she's sincere, uh, you just tell. And so as she kept telling her story, she said, Is there any possibility I can get any help from the church? Uh, Would they, they, she didn't go to our church? And I said, Well, we have a form, an agape form, that you fill out and you tell the need. And then we turn it over to some of our deacons and some of our brothers. Uh, and they'll go over that and see if it's legitimate and, and all like that. And so she's there. She's, as it were, a helpless, robbed woman. I'd put her about 50. And, uh, and she says, uh, how soon would I know that? I said, well, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. I said, that, they have to meet and then they'll give you an answer if they would be able to help you. Well, what can she do? She didn't go to this church. She didn't know any bus. She's just been robbed. She's in dire straits. So I said, Well, senora, I know Spanish. Uh, I said, uh, you don't seem impressed. <laughs> And the accent might not be right, but, you know. Uh, I, I took her hand. And I started praying for her mother who's coming up. am going to see her the next day, and she's distraught. I said, let's just pray about it. I start praying. I'm praying for her with great earnestness. Lord, move the deacons to help her. Move Valley Bible to help her. Move the church to do something. This dear woman is deserving of help. And the Lord, in a soft, tender voice, said, Bozo sheep, that's me. You've got an agape fund in your wallet. Your brother taught you to hide money from your wife in your wallet. You don't, you, man, don't keep your money all out there. She'll think she can shop as long as she can see green. You, you hide it, you hide it. I gave you the tip of your life. And so, you know, I learned to put a hundred dollar bill back just in case she wanted another meal. And so I had it and the Lord said, she doesn't need to see the agape fund. She didn't need to meet with the deacons. I sent it to the person that can meet her need. You're the agape fund. I, I put that need in your path for you to meet. Well, no, 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 let's, let's have the deacons. No, 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 you skin flint. You stingy, non-generous attitude man. And I'll never forget this. Once the money was put in her hand, then she made me go broke on Kleenex. Just keep, keep. she's so broken. You think I'd give her a million bucks? How could you get more joy using a $100 bill than seeing a little Latina woman have the money to feed her mother? There's no greater joy. You'll be your happiest when you're giving. You'll stay miserable if you don't give. Yeah. Okay. So, there's three reasons why people are poor according to the Bible. Three biblical reasons. Number one, oppression or injustice. Uh, the, the Hebrew word for poor, Ani. A-N-I. Literally meant wrongfully dispossessed. Unfair treatment by dictators, invaders, enemies. Unfair practices. uh, Keeping the poor poor. Not paying them fair wages. James 5 said in the day of the Lord coming, he is going to hold every unjust employer... In judgment that you withheld the wages due the labor, James five, one through four. God's not concerned about God isn't concerned about whether you pay a man fair wage. Yes, He is. See, so you're perpetuating poverty when you won't pay him right. You're perpetuating it. What do you do if our country came under a Hitler? It came under an invader. And all of a sudden, all your wealth is seized, like all over Germany and Europe. The Jews lost their money because the Jews were the, the ones we hate. They're the ones we got to get rid of. We'll take their art, we'll take their banks, we'll take their education. We've got to get rid of them. And here they're fleeing in, in bags. If they didn't die in Auschwitz, they fled with one bag and do good to get to another country. Don't say they're lazy, they're oppressed. But as Americans get independent and sometimes cocky, oh, that won't ever be us. You have no guarantee. We're no better than them. Though we think we are. Second reason was natural disaster, which is really divine disaster. If God decides to give us the big earthquake on the West Coast and your house is raised to the ground. Or if you're living in Paradise, California and the fires sweep through. Uh, or you're living in Houston and you're in a flood with water up to 10 feet on the streets of Houston. Or if you're living through Katrina in New Orleans, what do you do? Do you start calling them poor boys, too lazy to work? No. What do you do when famine comes? You need a brother Joseph to tell the Pharaoh how to feed all the starving people in Egypt. He had an economic plan how to make it through that seven-year famine. Should we be concerned that federal workers haven't been paid for two weeks? Would it be wrong for us to feed them? No. We usually don't get socially involved. That's not my problem. Let the government take care of it. Should we take care of widows? Acts 6 and 1 Timothy said, we didn't go to the government for our widows. Listen to what Julian, an emperor of Rome, said in 361. He said in a letter to a pagan priest, these Christians are succeeding It is disgraceful that while the impious Galileans, Christians, support both their own poor and ours as well, all men see that our people lack aid from us. These Christians are outdoing us. They start hospitals. They take care of lepers. They feed the poor. They're taking care of more in the Roman Empire than the Roman Senate is taking care of. And the world saw... They're doing their good works and we're going to glorify their Father in heaven whether we want to or not. They see the good works. You know, do the unsaved see you doing any good works that benefit them? The third reason people were poor was personal sin. Lazy. uh, Lack of self-discipline. Ignorance. uh, Didn't know how to manage. How to A black brother in Berkeley told a friend of mine one time. He said, it's not that my people are lazy. He said, we work. We work hard. But he said, most of us were never taught how to handle money. This is back in the early 70s. So he said, we either drove it or we wore it. (laughs) We had the best cars and we dressed the best as anybody in town. And he said, but nobody told us about investing. Nobody told us. About this, we weren't trained. How many of you were taught how to handle money by your parents? One, two, three. Four. I want to tell you, the Howard house didn't know how to manage money. I learned the most from my brother, and I asked him where he learned. He said, Being broke. <laughs> yeah, he said, It helps when you live in the back of your car to figure out your checkbook. If you want to be broke, you'll learn real quick how to handle money. See, So you can't be too critical of the poor when you've been there. When you've been there. So some people are just lazy. They don't know how to handle money. They don't know how to handle life. So should we curse them? You, you're not worthy of my help. Because you, you don't know how to manage it. They may not. That's a risk you may take. Uh, I'm going to end with something that is a real touchy uh, subject. Uh, Which of these do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? He simply said, the one who showed mercy. Here's an issue among evangelicals. Where does mercy ministries and evangelism go together? By mercy, let's say deed ministry, do good works. I say in our church when we used to have the Rodale, the Sean barbecue thing. The big thing about that was a poor white boy who grew up with nothing. He wanted to be good to Rodale. and Let's feed as many as we can. What a stupid, crazy idea. Sounds like Jesus. Would Jesus do it? Because some of us grew up, all we owe them is the gospel. You're going to hell if you don't believe what I just told you. Well, I don't believe it. Well, forget you. I'm going to the next. Would it be all right? Says, I noticed your kids had no shoes and I noticed no food. Would it be all right if my wife and I bought you the evening meal? Though you don't buy the gospel, would that be a waste? One of our brothers called me told me about a girl had twins in South Richmond. Who knows? I don't know the age. But would it be right to help this girl? She Who knows if the children are getting care? Who knows if she can buy diapers? You know, poor girls that have babies out of wedlock, especially twins, they don't really deserve your help. Right? Would Jesus buy diapers? Let's see, you, some of you are not amen, because you don't know squat about social concern. We weren't taught it. We were taught, you better know the book of Daniel. Better know the book of Romans. But we never taught, it's none of my business, what the world does. Because everything they're getting, they deserve. As though we didn't. So here's five views of social concern and evangelism. Here they are. Mercy and social justice is the only purpose for the church. This is the liberal agenda. Just social action. Social action. And they're out there. They're known for that. No gospel usually. Just social action. Two, social concern is the most important aspect of our mission to the world. And evangelism is next, but it's secondary. Let's first feed Minister to the body, that's our primary agenda. If we get around to message, okay. Three. Social concern and evangelism are equal in, in importance. Is that social concern and evangelism are equal in importance. I know you're thinking this way. Well if I feed them, that takes care of the body but if they don't get saved, they can go to hell. Yeah, but let's say I'm going to feed them while I evangelize them. Could you do that? so I've told the story before about E.V. Hill. I was at a pastor's conference and Hill pastored in Watts during the rioting and during all the racial strife down in the LA area. And what he did, uh, he set up in every block that he could in Watts, trying to keep the place from going up in smoke. Uh, he set up kind of uh, places where they would feed, kind of like a soup kitchen. They had places where uh, the poor there could get clothing. Uh, and they, he just kind of took it by blocks. It wasn't a central rescue mission. But he, and there's people in his church that lived in that block. They'd open their home, and they'd help people like that. Well, one of the prosperity preachers in uh, L.A. uh, was meeting with him one day and said, Hey, Hill, I hear you've got this soup stuff going on and and you're feeding and you're clothing. He said, What in the world are you doing feeding the devil's children? Ed Hill, who grew up in a single-room log cabin in Sweetwater, Texas, and his mother put him on a trailway bus, And a set of bib overalls and 20 bucks. He knew something about poverty. He said, well, sir, he said, I figure I need to keep them alive until we lead them to Jesus. You got to keep the devil's children alive long enough to evangelize them. They're dying. They've been beat up in life. And all the religious folks are going by the other side. pass by. We're too busy going to another Bible study or prayer meeting. The priest and that Levi said, I thought you were supposed to be merciful. We gave up mercy. We're religious. He said, let me tell you about what mercy does. Mercy gets involved. I left palaces to reach you. I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. The son, God, the son. He's not asking you to stoop any further than he stooped to get you. I said to get you. The Savior reached way down for me, and sometimes I don't sense that in some Christians. There's that self-righteous, Pharisaical spirit that kills me when I'm around it. It's lethal. It's self-righteous Christianity. It's not. I receive mercy. I'm an object of mercy. Did you know that in Ephesians 2, he said in the ages to come, he is going to display his saints as in a trophy case and point to angels and say, this is what grace accomplished. They're in my trophy case for all eternity. Not what works accomplished, what my grace accomplished. I'm going to advertise it for all eternity. Well, fourthly, evangelism is the primary function and ministry of the church. Mercy is necessary, but secondary. And finally, social concern is not the job of the church. Leave it to Caesar. we will cuss Caesar because we don't like him. No, no, no. That's why we got an agape fund. When this church first started, a bunch of, Greg Hirschman was here in those days, and we got a few others. But just a lot of young people, a lot of young people, uh, 18, 19, 20. Uh, hair, go well, you never know. I mean, they, they were the Berkeley hippie crowd kind of thing. Uh, drugs, sex, and, and the 60s. It's just that. Okay, just save many of them. We used to have money circulate all the time in this church because if any need got out, someone needed tires, someone would buy it. Maybe a couple guys would go in, they'd buy them tires. Or a gal needed this, they'd do it. And, and nobody taught them to do it. Nobody, nobody asked him, do I get a tax credit? Everything was, man, money was going everywhere and what was amazing is young believers spontaneously started caring for one another they just they wanted to help they wanted to help see generosity is the work of the spirit in the heart and uh, I pray that uh, you'll learn and I will learn as I'm convicted by this message myself because of my lack of social concern uh is that the agape fund starts in your heart, not in your pocketbook. And uh, don't ask what the church can do for you. Ask what you can do for the church and for those. Take it, make it your responsibility. We can have people dragging in all the things we ought to be doing. I ask you, what is God wanting you to do personally? What is God asking you to do we have a story. We used to have a man in this church, Fred Griffith, one of the nicest men you'd ever want to know. And Fred that was Frank Griffith's father. Came to uh, came to this state back in the early thirties. He was a preacher's son, Oklahoma boy. Came out here like many of those men did, like like on two or three dollars, hitchhike, Route sixty six. And uh He got as far as Arizona and no further. And all of a sudden, the guy pulls up with a big fancy car, gives him a lift, gets him out of that sun. I believe he brought him all the way to, uh, I think it was L.A. He got that far, but got him out of Arizona, got him through needles and coming up the state. And when he's letting the kid out, just a young man, when he's letting the kid out, about nineteen thirty thirty one, he hands Fred a bill. I don't know how much it was. Handed him a bill, and Fred said, "Oh, oh, sir, you can't leave. I got to get your dress. I got to get." It. He said, "Why?" He said, "I'll pay you this. I'll pay you back as soon as I get a job. I'll pay you back." And the man said, "Oh no, you won't." He said. Just keep passing it on. Keep passing it on. And Fred, my brother and I know, if you went to lunch with him, you could not pay. He said, I've got it. I've got it. Fred, no. I think I always said yes, but that some would say, no, no, no. Because all of his life, he would say, I'm just passing it on. I'm just. All I ask you to do, to be happy, is be generous and pass on the kindness and mercy of God. I don't care if they're saved. I don't care if they're Buddhist. I don't care if they're white, black, brown, yellow. I don't care. You will not waste your money helping one of the children of God made in his image. Not born again. We're the image of God bearers. All of us are. I don't care. I don't care. The human race needs mercy, and they often see it through a human being.
1: And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail. Or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11. And directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Or by calling 855 855